So we've um, spent time during this week looking looking at the um, drawing from the teachings of the Buddha, looking at these <clears throat> factors of the path to be cultivated um, within our lives. Um, and usually this path, path that's, uh, as, as we've been discussing, leading from the state of confusion and suffering and and um, stress to the opposite, to clarity, non-suffering, and the ability to have agency within the world from a place of wise reflection and compassion and skillful action. Um, so this path usually designated into three dimensions, sila or ethics, samadhi, meditation, which we've been cultivating and, and focusing on uh, this week, and then the fruit of samadhi, panya, or wisdom, prajna, wisdom. So just before we finish, I'd just like to highlight um, a little bit and look at, for a short while, this foundation of the path, which is the ethic, ethical base of the, for the practice, which is usually designated for us uh, as lay practitioners as the observance of the five precepts. So um, if you look on page six here, and just have that there, and I just want to reflect on, on these precepts a little bit. And then for those that would like, um, we can go through them together and um, to make a, a commitment to work with them as part of our, um, our alliance with this path of awakening. So this, this, as we awaken anyway, as we become clearer, um, naturally we, we're going to be uh, more careful about what we do, what we say in life, because we become more aware of the repercussions of our actions and of our speech and of our intentions. Um, and, and they become clearer as well. And also the effects and the results of what we do become sometimes more immediate. And we notice uh, more immediately, partic- particularly if there's something discordant that we've done or said, we'll, we'll feel that. And that's, that's really important, an important um, faculty to be able to feel um, the results of what we do. In English, we call this conscience. In Pali, it's called uh, the faculty of hiri and otapa. And these are sometimes, this hiri and otapa, these two functionings of conscience are sometimes called that which is a guardian not only for the heart and the mind, but also that which is a guardian for the world. So when these two faculties falter or become undermined or diminish, then, then it can lead to um, chaos and disorder, and um, not so much disorder, but can, it, can lose, it can lead to destructive um, acts within the world. Which, and undermining of cohesion and stability and well-being. And, it, and internally, when these two factors falter, it can lead to a certain amount of internal um, breakdown. We don't, we, it's harder for us to, to trust and to, to uh, discern wholesome from unwholesome, and the mind becomes more prone to the effects of, of um, actions that aren't very clear or that are, that are exploitative or unwholesome. So increase of fear or paranoia and, uh, and so on. So these, these precepts are not only 
a way of helping us uh, reflect on our, our actions, but it's also a way of helping maintain internal and external well-being and support. So it's very, they're very fundamental uh, to the training of awakening, that it's hard to really focus on, you know, and cultivate things like peace and insight and compassion if our, if our actions aren't in accord with that. Um, so this hiri and otapa, hiri is the sense of being able to feel when we've done something that's unwholesome or, or said something that may have not been that um, helpful or destructive in some way or another. And if that faculty is working um, well, we'll feel, that, we'll feel the result of that and we'll just feel like, oh, that wasn't maybe so good and maybe I should look at that. And that's actually healthy. And, and there's a distinction in Buddhism between a healthy sense of remorse, which can inform us uh, in terms of our action and help us regulate our action in a way that's more um, appropriate, and then the, the, then the, um, the mind state of guilt. So there's a real clear distinction. And, and it's really important for us, particularly with, a, with our Judeo-Christian uh, the prime, primary Judean Christian um, influence within the culture is that there's um, a tendency for us in our culture to hold on to a lot of guilt um, as a self-structure. So the, the difference is that you know if the, if action was not that wholesome, it's the difference between being able to discern and say, well, maybe you know my intention wasn't so clear or it was confused and the action that came out of that um, didn't really feel right. It's a difference, a difference between being able to discern that process as information and as something that feeds back into our information about how to, to hone our lives than to actually create a sense of a self that's bad or wrong or, you know, um, and then project onto the self this sense of badness that then gets becomes really the seed for a psychological uh, complexity that is actually not considered in Buddhism not a skillful mind state. <laughs> and I was told by one of our uh, teachers in Sri Lanka that they don't actually even have a word for guilt um, because it's a, a particular kind of um, neurosis that we seem to have in our in our cultures here. So, so it's just to discern that it's a it's a very clear inquiry and a very important functioning into this this faculty of ahiri, the ability to feel the results of what we do. It's very very important for us to be able to do that, uh, but not to just get stuck there and create this negative self persona, but to to learn to feel. The results and then to move on. And this is why this precept vehicle is called a training, because we will, we'll all, all the time, we'll find ourselves doing or speaking with mixed motives or sometimes getting angry, upset and, and hurting someone or saying something we regret. And, and that's just what happens when we feel that and then we can adjust and um, respond appropriately. And the other faculty that's uh, of conscience is called otapa, which is really important for us. And, and, and when, that's, when that breaks down, it can really lead to an inability for the society to maintain um, 
safety for its members. And this otapa is this sense of dread or fear of wrongdoing. We might get an impulse, you know, that we might get a very violent impulse that can come up. That's the mind reacting. And it can happen for all of us in, in regards to a situation. But the otapa, when it's operating in a healthy way, will go... That may be not so good to translate that into action. It, you know, there should be some mechanism with a healthy conscience that will reflect back and will stop us. It's a healthy sense of fear. Um, you know, and, it's, it's, and again, with anatta, with this investigation into the mind, where it's not a, a dismissing of the functioning of self, but an, but an ability to see mind is a conditioned phenomenon. And to, in some ways, take it a little less personally. It enables us to really um, see more clearly this functioning of, of, of the mind when it comes up with its reactions. But this, what gives safety for that, is the knowledge that we are committed to a preset vehicle, and this safety allows us to see a lot more because it allows the psyche to be, in a way, we're less repressive. It allows us to be more real about the sh- our shadow. And the safety is there because we can trust ourselves. And then it allows us to do the work at a deeper level and maintain our psychological cohesion, which is really important. So this is a really, this, the importance of this um, precepts can't be um, you know, overstated, really, um, in terms of not only as a support of our awakening, but for living in a way that that lessens the um, experience of um, results in our life that are connected with uh, the results of unskillful action. So this is always presented in the first precept, Pana Dipata, Virapani Sikapadan Samadhyami, Pana Dipata, Pana Prana means breathing, breathing things to refrain from taking the life of breathing things. Um, Sikapadang, in all of the precepts, the word Sikapadang, which means training, is again, there's this acknowledgement that this, this is a territory that we move into. Each of these are territories where, the, in a way, if you like, the karmic voltage goes up. And on our, you know, the red lights should be going off a little bit, saying, well, do I, you know, there's a warning We've moved into a territory where there's a there's a higher potentiality to create unskillful karma and create suffering for ourselves and others. And so, you know, there's always very grey areas. You know, do you put flea powder on your dog? Do you, you know, what do you, you know? So all of these things. It's not saying there's a an ultimate line of right and wrong. It's saying it's a relative situation where you have to take responsibility for your action and for the karma created. You know, so the, the guideline is to work towards, as best as possible, activity that is lessening, obviously, the energy of greed, hatred, and delusion, and therefore the energy of harm. So do you really need to? You know, what, are there other ways that we can lessen harm within our world? And certainly the, the act of killing refraining from the act of killing on any level is, is a very immediate way. And if everyone just kept this precept, we could all breathe a bit more, you know, breathe out a bit more um, and relax. 
So, you know, some, some teachers also refine, refine this. It can go from a very coarse level of, you know, try not to kill each other to a very refined level of, um, you know, try not to project harm and, and killing kind of energy on yourself. Um, you know, not to, that, that in a certain way, sometimes that's also translated as, uh, as, a, um, as unskillful, you know. So this working or containing the energy around mindless taking of life, don't really consider the consequences for the other beings or mindlessness in regard to our anger or our violence, which we're susceptible to as human beings. This is like a, it's like a fire that has a, a, a fireplace which contains the energy and we work with the energy um, we want the energy to be conscious, but we don't want it to burn down the house. And the second precept, Adina Dana Virapmani Sikapadan Samadhyami. Again, um, this is, um, you know, this, this is all working with intentionality. You know, sometimes we step on a bug, for example, we didn't know. You know, it's more to do with the intention of the mind. In the second precept, it's honing the intention to be very careful about what we take what we assume is meant for us when it's not. I mean, at its coarsest level, it's about refraining from stealing. But maybe at its subtle level, it's like, is, you know, is this really, am I, what am I doing to manipulate others to get what I want in ways that perhaps is, is even subtly exploitative? You know, so it keeps honing our intention. What are we doing here in this situation uh, in our monastic life, there was a lot of refinement about this, that being very careful about objects, what you just take, and you know, like not just assuming that you can even take a, a pen away in case it belongs to someone. And this refinement is very useful, to have some refinement in regards to these precepts is a good training for us, because it, you know, again, it contains the, the energy of, of greed, of, of just consuming, of just taking, and entitlement that it's ours to take and makes us really be able to reflect and the reflect and the opposite of learning to be more simple, to renounce to, or to be more generous. Um, you know, in the opposite of the first precept of offering other beings safety and freedom from fear. The third precept, Kamisumijajara, is to do with the use kama. It's a word that is often associated with the senses and also connected with sexuality. And again, it's not to repress or put down or make morals about the energy of sexuality, which is inherent for all of us. It's something that we all um, negotiate and reflect on. In Dharma, we reflect on that energy. But it's to also acknowledge that when this energy is, is not really understood or worked with skillfully, carefully, it can also be very destructive. Um, and so usually the boundary of this precept, as it was taught by the Buddha, is to refrain from using our sexuality in ways that are exploitative of others. Um, sort of those that are, that are in the suttas I talk about, those that are under guardianship of others, meaning those that are that aren't, that aren't um, consenting, and those that aren't adult, or those that are in relationship already betrothed to another, in one way or another, to be very mindful, because sometimes this energy can be very blinding for us. 
and we can move in on a you know a relationship and undermine that and and it can feel so right and so true and then and yet we can find it being very destructive and it's not to say that relationships don't end and and we you know new partnerships don't arise but there's something about the care when the passions hit and when we become blinded and just concerned about fulfilling our own desires and again sometimes this is refined in regards to our senses to take care of our sense doors <clears throat> not to exploit the sensual experience to the point where we become jaded and you know just keep jamming things in you know what we see what we eat what we do you know just to to be you know th- this is a really big area to work with of course because we soothe so much our suffering through the use of the senses through distraction or and so you know to have compassion as we work with this area but to also see that it is a training to explore you know are there places where we can renounce or places where we can simplify um, or or in a positive way can we really learn to enjoy the simplicity of our sensory experience in a way that doesn't just drive us on for more and more and we never feel satiated. So it's working with these very powerful energies that we have within the containment of this reflective um, guideline. The fourth precept, Musawada, is to do with our speech. Very powerful again. Um, Generally to refrain or to... um, to work consciously with speech, that you know, to refrain from false speech, definitely um, lies, downright lies. That is one of the most damaging things that happens for all sorts of reasons. That becomes very strange to live in situations where there's lies going on. It's very destabilizing for a sense of coherency, psychological coherency, and it's also very undermining of trust. A speech that's divisive or harsh or meaningless. And so this is like learning to use our speech in ways that are that is uh, skillful, um, trying to uh, clarify, clarify rather than sow discord, uh, trying to find ways to help further understanding why, rather than to divide, and so on. Um, and then sometimes just knowing when it's best not to say anything. <laughs> mm. So this often is not such an easy area for us, but again, it's a training. So we say something wasn't so good, and we just feel that that wasn't so good. Next time we try to be a bit more careful. And the last one, Sura Merayamajapamadatana, is to do with the use of intoxications, intoxicants. And again, there can be a whole range of undertaking this. Many people like to take this quite strictly. Um, to just refrain completely, particularly of um, intoxicating drink or intoxicating drugs. Uh, that this is uh, the meaning of this precept is to work with our consciousness as it is, not to keep distorting the consciousness or using intoxication to distract. Because we know, you know, all of us are aware sometimes of the problems of addictiveness that can come with intoxication and undermines our strength and our capacity to be with life. Um, 
But again, you know, somebody says, well, can I, does that mean does I can't have a drink of wine with my dinner? <laughs> you know, this is for each of us to explore. In, you know, what are we doing? What's the intention? What is moderation? And what is the point of intoxication? You know, and for some of us, some that have addictive patternings, or this is not an easy area, it's much easier just to make a, a strong line and just say, no, this is an area that I don't infringe on. Um, because I, I'm more interested than a momentary um, experience. I'm more interested in maintaining my well-being and my inner strength and inner capacity. So these precepts are guidelines for us to take into our daily life. They're seeing them as supports of friends. Um, and if you are interested, we can go through them and take the precepts. Um, Kirisara can lead us. Um, and you are very welcome to hear, he will um, take, the, take the precepts and before that the refuges. Um, and in this way, the refuges and precepts are like the template for working this path um, in everyday life, making a commitment to this path. So for those that would like to, and this is completely voluntary, completely an offering, for, for those that wish to, at the end of the retreat, we can do this together. For those that it doesn't feel quite resonant, comfortable, then that's fine. You can just listen. And um, in your own way, making your own commitment to your own path in a way that feels suitable for you um, to, uh, to follow in your daily life. In this method of taking the refuges and precepts, we'll use the call, ancient call and response system. I'll recite a line. Those who wish to join in can recite the line back. Tanisra will be a part of joining in the echo that you can join with her. And um, so we'll recite the line, then it will come back. When it comes to the precepts, uh, I'll recite the line, we'll echo it back, and then uh, together uh, we can recite the English of the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth precept. We'll just do that together. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samasambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samasambuddhasa Namo tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Namotasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambutasa Namotasa Bhagavato Arahato 
Vairamani Sikapatam Samadhyami Suramirayama Japamadatana Vairamani Sikapatam Samadhyami I undertake the training to refrain from intoxication which leads to carelessness. Om Shanti Om Shanti Om Shanti a moment to stretch and then we'll continue um, yeah so just take a, a couple of minutes out <clears throat>